Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. He gives us this greatest commandment of all, and it's basically what our mission statement in our church is based off. And I want to read it to you. It's in Mark 12, 30 and 31. He says, you shall love the Lord your God all of your heart, with all your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is just like it, that you love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandments greater than these. It's powerful. I want you to really look at those verses again. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other greater commandments than these two. We've based our mission statement in our church, which is to ignite an authentic love for God and people, off these verses in Mark chapter 12. And I believe that the Lord throughout this month wants us to recognize the importance of what love is, what love does, what love calls us to do. I've heard people so many times say, I love whatever. But there's no commitment. If you really love something, your life is committed to that in which you love. I'm going to ask you to sit down and, and we're going to get into some scripture today. And, and I believe God's going to minister. And we're going to worship again in a few minutes. Uh, might skip some, some stuff that I wanted to share with you. Uh, but I'm going to get to the meat of my message in a moment. But as we speak on love... I believe the Lord wants us to recognize the importance of love. Look at this passage. Love the Lord your God. With all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your mind. The second one is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Everyone say neighbor. Yeah. Now, now watch this. This is pretty cool. Look at the person that's sitting next to you. Today, that's your neighbor right now. Right? What's interesting about this is this. That as you're sitting next to this person... Most likely you're sitting next to them on a Sunday church service because you love them. So, so, so I want you to recognize this passage for a moment when he says this. The second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these two. I, I want you to really recognize this. Because I don't think in this passage for once that neighbor is always that person next to you that you love on a church Sunday. I've recognized that sometimes neighbors, their dogs poop on your yard. <laughs> And at first, you get, oh, it's cute dog. Like, eh, not so cute anymore. Third dog, you stupid dog. Fourth dog, I'm going to shoot that dog next time it doesn't. <laughs> the fifth time, I'm going to shoot the dog and the owner of the dog. Sixth dog, now I'm going to shoot them. Then I'm going to vandalize their house. I mean, all kinds of evil just erupts in your heart with your neighbor. <laughs> I say all this really to make this point. I believe that your neighbor can be your friend. I believe your neighbor can be your family. But you know what I've recognized? I've recognized that your enemy doesn't have to be someone that's outside. I've recognized that in most people, some of their greatest enemies are, very, are their very own family members. Yeah. So, so when you see the scripture, your neighbor, it could be a friend, it could be a family, or it could be an enemy uh, outside of those two things. And what's beautiful about this is that nonetheless, we're here called to love, to love God with all of our being, to love others with the same esteem, with the same care, with the same love that we have for ourselves. 
What a beautiful passage this is because God's like, love me with all of your being, right? And we're all like, hooray. We're cool with that. Can I get any cool with that, people? All right. Any hoorayers in here? Any ameners in here? I'm good with that. I could love God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. I could dedicate myself to that. All right. Love your enemy. Yeah, you kind of went a little radical on me. <laughs> no, it's biblical. Love your neighbor. Neighbor's not always friends. Neighbor's not always family. Neighbor is sometimes that person that just always rubs you. And God says you love them too as yourself. Why? Because you care for yourself. You beautify yourself. You dress yourself. And the same way you, you treat them, recognize this importance. And I, and I believe the Lord wants to speak to us this week, uh, the, today and this month. And he wants us to look at it maybe from a different angle. I, I love the word love, a uh, perfect example or, or a proof that I really, really feel very high about that word love is that I named my daughter that. My daughter's name is actually love. She's right back there. Yadi, come over here. Bring, bring love over here. This is, this is my, 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 my other love. I have my love, which is Nancy. This is my second love. Come over here. I should just preach with her in my hands, man. Maybe I'll preach better. Oof. Oh, I thought that was an earring. No, but come on. I'm going to get it back to you. Yeah. We're going to dedicate her in a couple weeks here at church. So. Man, don't mess with me right now, man. I'll, I'll dance right now with her right now. <laughs> hey. But one of the, one of the I, I love that word love, and, and, and I'm going to share this when we dedicate her, but we named her Jade Love, and we named her Jade Love for a reason. We thought the name was cool, but, but really there's a reason behind Jade Love. You know, when you look at the name Jade Love, Jade's cool. Jade means a, a precious stone or pre precious rock. Powerful. Precious stone, precious rock, and love. And, and my prayer for my daughter is that she would be just that, a precious rock of God's love. A precious stone of God's love. That, that's what I'm praying over her, that she would live as a, as, a, as a pillar of the love of God. My son has a prophetic name too. His name is Jackson Legend. And if you remember when we dedicated him, his name means that he would leave a legacy of God's grace and favor over his life. So, uh, yeah, I love you. So this is my, one of my loves. I can't say she's my love. She is a... a, she is a um, a, pro a product of my love with mom, right? Man, we'll, we'll talk very intimate today. We're talking about love. That's a product of mine and mama's love. And because of the product of mine and mama's love, we had a little love. Yes. Hallelujah. How many of y'all just love the presence of God? So good. God's good. Um, before coming over here to preach, I... Thought I was gonna throw my life, throw up my life, and I was getting nauseous. Um, I'm not pregnant. <laughs> um, my wife's not pregnant, but um, but yeah, um, I feel so much better today. God's good. I, be, I feel so much better right now, as we get ready to talk about this. Love, man, what a great word. Um, we have seven codes that are foundational and are vital to our church. They're right here, to your right. Um, hopefully, most of you guys know them by heart already. If you took newcomers class the last two weeks, you should memorize them, and, and our studies that we've gone over them, especially last week, our quick summary, we went through them, and we had such a special time. 
And these seven codes are seventh one. If you could look at the seventh one, it's actually you are loved. You are loved. And um, it's such an important code, such an important one. You are loved. Because one of the points that we make in, in that code is that love motivates action. That's one of, the, one of the, the points that we make in that message. Love motivates action. How many of y'all know that once you are in love, um, then your actions need to display that love? You know, the verb needs to come into place. <laughs> because God loved, God loved us so much that he what? He sent. He gave. Okay. So love motivates action. Christ loved you so much that he what? He gave his life for you. He, he put himself on the cross. And love, love motivates action. And we see that truth with Jesus on the cross. And if we're going to say we love, if we're going to celebrate love, if we're going to partake of love, if we're going to say we receive their love or experience God's love, then there's one thing that has to be true in our lives. And it's this. It's that, that true love, that real love, it listens. It listens. Everyone say listen. listen. Yeah. Everyone say I hear you. Thank you for loving me today. Because if you love me, you will listen to me today. Amen? Amen. The definition of love is to give attention, um, of listen is to give attention with the ear, to attend closely for the purpose of hearing, to, to give ear. To, to listen closely because there's a purpose behind what I'm listening to. Hearing is very easy. How many of you, maybe you struggle a little bit of hearing, but maybe all of us in here, we could hear. And for those that have good hearing, hearing is easy for you. If you're struggling with hearing, they have these adapters and all these aids and stuff that could help you to hear and all that. Maybe some of you are wearing some. But, but the truth is, hearing is easy for most of us in this room. It's natural to us. It's natural. If bang, a bang happens on this side, we all move our, our heads to the, to the side of where we hear that bang. Hearing is natural to us. But the question is this, is do we listen to what we hear? It's two different things. Because many of us could hear, but it doesn't mean that all of us actually listen. You with me? All right, I want to make sure you guys are with me. See, God's word is, is definitely speaking to us, and it's speaking to us always. If you're, if you're listening closely, God's always. How many of you know that God is always speaking to you if you listen closely? And if you're listening closely and he's speaking to you, you, you recognize this. And uh, he wants you to listen because he wants you to live out to a certain purpose, for a certain purpose. And this action that it motivates you know, James tells us something very important in his writing. He says this, be slow to speak and be what? Quick to hear. That's a powerful passage. And then, you know, he talks about the wrath of man and all that. But slow to speak and quick to hear. I read that passage and, and now, guys, I put myself on the line. And this is what I said. I said, well, that's something that many times I need to practice in my own life. I wonder how many of you say, yeah, me too. I need to practice sometimes just to what? Shh. Just be quiet. Just be quiet. And maybe we need to practice that. Maybe we need to train ourselves to talk less and to hear more. And there's a reason for that because it's to have an intent, to have a better understanding. Why, why do we want to listen more? So we can have a better understanding to perceive what is actually being said, to discern and to fully walk in the obedience in Christ. I tell young people that want to be pastors or even older people that want to be pastors that I've learned, they say, well, what is an advice that you could give as we jump into ministry? I said, one of the key things that you need to learn how to master is not just hear people. You need to sit and just listen to people. And if you can't listen to people, you're not called to this. You got to learn how to listen. 
Got to listen to people. Got to listen. And I believe the Lord is speaking to us. And he wants us to listen because love listens. And if we love God, we listen to God. In Proverbs, there, there's, a, there's a passage that is titled The Value of Wisdom. I'm going to guard my, my, my voice and my throat today, so I'm just talking with you guys. But in Proverbs, there's an awesome passage. I'm going to read verses um, 1 through 5, actually, in chapter 2. Listen to this, these words as it talks about the value of wisdom. He says this, My son, if you receive my words and you treasure up my commandments with you, making ear your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight, raise your voice for understanding. If you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. That's a good passage. One of the things that I love about this passage is this, this, this wordage of, hey, receive my words and, and give ear that, that you would make your ear attentive to it. And, and I've recognized this as I was looking at this passage and really reading these words. I, I wrote this down. That the depths of God are found when you truly listen. The depths of God are found. You know how in worship, how I said, hey, how many of us want to go deeper in the Lord? And stop going steady and stop dating. Just stop fearing to say, I love you and go deeper, right? Yeah. Well, that depth, that deeper, is if we train ourselves and we discipline ourselves to listen to what he's telling us. When we listen, love is being displayed to the one who speaks, who desires to give you, what does the proverb say? He desires to give you wisdom. How many of us need some wisdom in our lives? Huh? Listen, I follow some of you guys on social media, man. Y'all need some wisdom, man. <laughs> this presidential thing's really got to you, man. <laughs> Get some wisdom in your heart. Hmm. How many of us need some understanding? That's what he says. How many of us just want more of the hidden treasures of God? Come on, my son lives for the treasure chest at school. Fridays come, he doesn't go into the treasure chest, he comes into the car. Dada, what is his son? I didn't go to the treasure chest. Why? I was not on green. Mm -hmm. Hmm. He loves that treasure chest. Why? Because when it opens, there's, it's a mystery in there. What's next? What am I going to get? The hidden mysteries of Mrs. Lopez's 3K class. I can just imagine my son's eyes when she opens that chest. How he just floats in the air and she says, not today, Jackson. You're on yellow. <sighs> I believe we are on yellow and on red when we don't listen. I believe my son did not listen, and because of him not listening to his teacher, he misses out on the hidden treasures of that chest. It's the same thing with God. God's like, if you would have just listened, I had this for you five years ago, five months ago, an hour ago. But you're so, come on, come on I'm talking to myself. You're so hard-headed. Any hard-headed people? Come on, you're from Hialeah, you got Puerto Ricans in here, you got Cubans in here, you got some Americans in here, you're all some hard-headed people. I am. And God's like, I would have given this if you would have just listened, if you would have just poured your ear out and your heart out. 
If you would have just been in love with me because your love would have motivated you to listen to every word, every syllable, everything that I say, you're going to want to just, just bathe in it because it's my words. You know that that's biblical, right? Bathe in it. You know what God tells husbands? Husbands, you, uh, you water, water, water your wives. You sanctify your wife with the watering of the word of God. <laughs> You sanctify your wife, husbands, with the, with the, with the waters of God's word. So, so, so God's like, if you would have listened to me, I would have watered you. I would have, I, I would have given it to you. The truth is we listen to the people that we love. How many of you can say amen? When someone that you don't really like gives you their input, what do you do? Come on. And you're trying to be Christian about it. Amen. Liar, amen, nothing. <laughs> that, was, that was a good point, brother. You forgot already what he said because you don't like him so much that you, you automatically just threw away what they told you. But when you really love someone, you've ever seen two people in the beginning when they fall in love? You, you, so, uh, how'd you know I like them? Are you kidding me? You just want to hear everything they say. And you always want to say something to them. You're either always speaking to them or you're always hearing them. It's just funny. It's always those two things. Because when you love, you listen. How many of you can say amen? I want to take you to a passage in 1 Samuel chapter 3, if you can, with me. 1 Samuel 3, when they're giving me a amen. No, Yandy? Amen. That's boring. Amen. You there? You guys want to have a boring church then. All right, we'll be boring. Ready? First Samuel, there you go. I love that one, Betsy. First Samuel 3. Here we go. Follow with me. In verse 1 it says, now the boy, everyone say boy. boy. Come on, say it like you mean it. Boy. boy. You've ever been upset at someone you look at them and say, boy? Boy. <laughs> boy. Everyone say boy. 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 Yeah. Boy. Hey, every time I say boy, just, just, just re- go, over, go over me and go, boy. Let's start from the beginning. Let's practice. Now the boy said, boy. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before the Lord Eli. He ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at the time while Eli was lying down in this place, And when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, Eli's old, Eli's perishing, Eli's losing his sight, Eli's the priest, Eli needs to pass the mantle to someone else. Um, There's just a lot going on in this passage. And it says this, verse 3, And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, and he said, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and he said, here I am for you called me. And he said, I did not call you. Lie down. I, I'm going to insert something. Lie down, boy. boy. Yeah, yeah. Boy, lie down again. Lie down. I someone's calling you, mama. Here we go. This is good. What verse am I on? Five? I'll go to Six. Then the Lord called yet again. He said, Samuel. So Samuel rose and he went to Eli and he said, here I am. 
for you called me. And he answers, I did not call you, my son. I could almost hear him say, I didn't call you, my boy. Lalo, lie down again. Oh, man, I know exactly what Eli's going through. Jackson, go and get in your bed, boy. boy. <laughs> and Jackson comes out, Dad, but I want to just read the book one more time. Get in your bed, boy. So Eli is telling him, get in your bed, lie down again. So verse 7 says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Come on. How can you sleep in God's house and not know the Lord? Come on, I'm just going to stop preaching right there. This guy is sleeping close to the tabernacle of God where the presence of God would rest. And my scripture just told me he didn't know God. Hey, I want to ask you a question. You're here today? How many of you don't know God? And you're here today. It's very similar. Very similar. How many people come to church, but yet they don't know God? He's, 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 he's in the presence, more or less, of, of the Lord. He's there in, the, in one of the greatest places to be during this time. And, and yet, he didn't know the Lord. And look at this part. Nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. That's crazy. Verse 8, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose, he went to Eli, and he said, here I am, for you did call me. And then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. 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 So Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be that if he calls you, that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went, he lay down in his place, and when the Lord came and he stood and called like the other time, said, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel answered, and he said, what? Speak, for your servant hears, for your servant is listening. Let me stop for a moment. Three times Samuel hears a voice call him. But any voice or any call of God in his life, he would only recognize it or associate it to Eli. And he would run to Eli. Did you catch that? Listen, I'm glad it mentions that Samuel was a boy. I'm glad. Yeah. All throughout scripture, we see this, and he's a boy, and it's the boy, Samuel. He's not a man. We see this in this passage. Scripture is very just in tuned and calling him a boy to recognize so that we the reader could see that yes he's just a boy and scripture is showing us something about this young boy named Samuel and this is what I believe I believe that when I read first Samuel chapter 3 what scripture is teaching us is that there still is a maturing that needed to take place in this young man's life so so the scripture wants us to know that so so there was a, a, a boy named Samuel he was in the house of God and he was hanging out with one of the, one of the, one of the, a great man of God and, and doing the things of God. I mean, can you imagine that? But yet, all while doing the things of God and the service of God with the people of God, he missed the most important thing. He didn't know who God was. So when God speaks to him, he goes to the person who he's always associated with God. Eli. You hollered? Boy, lay down. I'm sleepy. I didn't call you for nothing. I'm an old man. Don't you know I want my sleep? Three times he runs to Eli. Because anything that is associated to the word of God is Eli that he looks at. And the reason why he does that is because he's immature. The reason why he does that is because he hasn't gone deep yet. There are people that live like that. That God is speaking all day to them. 
But my God, they can't receive it unless they run to a man to receive it from them first. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So, so here he is, and he is just this young boy. And he's not a man, and it's telling us that there's a maturity that needs to take place. And I could relate to him how I was, and I can be this boy at times. In the house of God, in the temple, by the tabernacle, ministering to the Lord, verse 1 tells us, he was under Eli's training, under his pastoring, and the Lord speaks to him, and listen to this, I'm not going to just necessarily knock, knock on Samuel today and say that what he did was wrong. But, but we see that each time he checked in on Eli. But I'm going to take a different twist because I do believe that there was a maturing that needed to take place. But let's get past that for a moment. I'm actually glad that, that Samuel ran to Eli. I'm actually glad that when I read this passage, he was running to Eli. I'm glad that there was someone there to lead the boy named Samuel, man. He came to a point of his life where he needed to be guided and led, instructed and taught. And he goes to Eli and praise God there's someone there to lead this boy, Samuel. You know, I thought about that and I said, man, you know, many times the Lord speaks to us and he speaks to someone. And two things happen. Number one, here we go. The Lord speaks to them. If you get a fire in your bones kind of thing. You get a revelation from God kind of thing. And number one, no one is present in your life to direct and to lead you. So that kind of person, they go out. And they go out with no proper covering. They never learned under anyone. And a lot of times that kind of person just makes a mess of the situation that God actually wanted to be something good and fruitful. But they didn't have anyone. Many times the Lord speaks to people. Number two, they don't go to the person or persons that God has placed in their lives. Another set of people, what they do is their passion, it leads to pride. You ever met someone that's so passionate? But that passion, it could so quickly leads to pride when it's not handled right. And they know how to do it. They feel like they got it or they feel like they know what's up or they even know more. And they forget to go to the people or the person that maybe God has put in their lives. But as I read this passage, I, I hope we're like the boy. Understand the importance that, that people are put by God in our lives. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. People are putting our lives to father us. People are putting our lives to lead us. People are putting our lives to aim us in the right direction. How many of you could thank God for some people in your life that have fathered you along the way and have aimed you in the right direction along the way, huh? So I'm going to ask you this question for a moment. Church, who's your Eli? Who are your Eli's? Who are the people that when God rocks your heart, you're able to say, I think God's speaking to me here. Can you give me some understanding maybe? Can you pray with me about this situation? But with all of that said, I do believe this though, that there must be a point where this boy becomes a man. That we can't just minister before the Lord. We can't just minister <coughs> before his people and always wait for the revelations to come from our Eli's. You guys got what I just said? Yeah. 
If your only revelation of God's word is on Sunday morning, I'm going to be very loving with you. Ready? You're doing something wrong in your spiritual walk. And I'm going to pastor you correctly right now. That's not my call in your life. It's not. It's not. You need to go deeper. We need to go in. We can't just minister and, and always wait for another man's, another man's, another man's revelation. I wrote this question down and I want to share with you guys. Where is God's specific? Where is God's intimate? Where is God's personal revelation just for you? Where is that? Some of you are going to like, what the heck are you saying? <laughs> what? Yeah, what's, where's the specific word, the intimate, the personal revelation for you? Because if you hold still, I ask, can you listen to the Lord for yourself? Or does your listening from the Lord always have to be like the children of Israel? Say, Moses, you came back from the mountain. What did God speak to you? And Moses says, you know what's crazy about this? It was never meant to be this way. They elected Moses to go up to the mountain to hear from God. Because what? What does the Bible say? They feared God. So they would live in the valley while the mountain was trembling and smoking and there was lightnings on top of the mountain. Moses would go up. And when Moses would spend days there, he would come back down and share with the congregation what he said. And they, they, that's where they received the revelation. Do you know that God's heart was never to an elect a Moses to be a mouthpiece? God wanted to always talk to the whole nation. But they did not. They, they covered their heart. They closed their ears. You know what happened to them when they began to close their ears? Look how stupid people get. They begin to build a golden cow and they begin to worship it <laughs> and call it God, even stupider. Yeah. How did you get so stupid? <laughs> oh, because I st stopped listening to God. Hey, look at the person next to you and say, don't get stupid on me. I love this church. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, man, I was hoping that you would tell me that to call him stupid. <laughs> no, shame on you. Get sanctified. <laughs> hey, listen to this. Listen, how stupid was that to build a cow and then worship it? When Moses comes down, I wish I had two tablets, you know. When Moses comes down, pretend he's got two tablets, and he's running down, Israel, Israel, I, I heard from God. What are you guys doing? He throws the tablets on the floor. They break. I mean, God had to deal with his anger too. But he's so upset because he's like, how stupid can you be that I'm gone for a couple days and then you're worshiping, a, you melted your wife's earrings to build a cow. Like, does this even sound stupid to you as I'm saying it? Come on, how many people do we know that have stopped listening to God and have done some very similar stupid things? Stop, keep listening to God. Because I've recognized when I'm not listening to God, I am very stupid. But when I'm listening to God, man, I sound smarter than what I am. I sound wiser than what I am. Like, where'd you get it from? So where'd, where, where'd you get your seminary? Never been to seminary school. When you, when you listen to God... He's speaking always. And he will give you what the proverb says. 
He will give you the wisdom that you need. He will give you the understanding that you need. He gives you the hidden treasures. And he will even birth in you the fear of God. But my question is, is your ear inclined to his voice? Are you listening to him? Are you, are you looking for that place to, to build, to say, this is where I listen to God. And this is how I listen to God. And that's where the nation of Israel messed up. But if you hold still, you, I promise you, you'll be able to, to listen to the Lord for yourself. And that you will never be, no pastor or no Eli, the Eli's in your life. I'm here because I need you to tell me. No, you're so wrong. Your faith is, and your walk is not based on any man. And, and on any building or on any organization or on any person that whatsoever. I don't care how great and how amazing and what they've done in the world that they've traveled. And how many demons they've casted out. I'm telling you right now that your life, that your ears are attentive to the voice of God. Why? Because you love him and love listens to God's cry for your heart. Do you know God cries for your heart? Sings to your heart. Never heard God sing to your heart. Never been the presence of God. You just start dancing, singing over you, praises. In verse eight and nine, Eli comes to a point where he realizes that the Lord is speaking to the boy Samuel. Your boy. So he says, "Boy, get back to your bed." And what does he do? He guides him in what to do. He teaches him, and he tells him, "Tell the Lord to speak, and tell him that you're listening." Did you guys catch that? Eli didn't even sit with him and say, come here, son. I'm going to give you a Bible study, and I'm going to tell you right now what the Lord meant to tell you. Eli said what? Go back to your chamber and go hear from God. Wow. We need some men like that in the faith that will just look at you in the eyes and say, you know what you need to do? You need to just mature already. Get back into the presence of God and hear from God already. And stop coming to me for your strength. Go get some God in you. Eli's like, boy, get back in bed. And when he talks again, say, here I am, God, your servant, your servant. Did you notice that? Not Eli's servant anymore. I'm tired of you being my servant always. It's time that you mature and become God's servant. And tell him that you're listening to his voice. Man, this is good stuff. So he, he, he tells him to go that way. So Samuel needed to know the Lord. Samuel was at a point where he needed to recognize his voice. To no longer know Jesus in our point or in his point to no longer know God based off his servant you know that Samuel only knew God based off his servant do you know that we don't know God based off our serving listen to this we serve God based off our knowing him we don't serve him to know him it's because we know him that we serve him come on see he was doing that service stuff very well and he didn't know yet God's voice that's crazy I really don't want you to to go to church and serve so well, but yet not listen so well. Not really know God so well. He needed to know God. And listen, he didn't need to know God by others' relationships with him. Because there are, this is what happened with Samuel. Ready? He knew his God according to Eli's relationship with him. But how many of you know that maybe that same relationship is not the kind of relationship that God wants with Samuel? I believe this for a fact. That my relationship is different than your relationship with God. And your relationship with God is different than I believe that for a fact. You know how I know that? Because Jesus had 12 disciples. And not everyone had the same relationship with him. 
Four would go to certain places with him that the others wouldn't. Three would go to other places with him where the other one and that fourth one wouldn't go. And one of them, one of them, one of them was so intimate that when he spoke, he would lay his head on his chest. He didn't let everyone else lay his chest, his, their head on his chest. But John found delight in laying his ears to listen closer on Jesus' bosom. Come on. Not everyone has the same relationship. Not everyone has the same intimacy, but everyone here has a form of intimacy with God that is you and God. It's the way that you and God do it. It's the way that God speaks to you. It's the way God reveals himself to you. And it's all truth because it's backed up by the word of God. It's no weird, freaky, undoctrinal, heresy, wacky kind of things. It's biblical and it's rich and it's healthy and it's, and it's a hunger and it's a passion and it's a thirst that you have to constantly get into that presence to hear from God. And Eli recognized that and he says, boy, you need to go back in there and listen. He had, to, he had to now learn how to listen and hear from God, not according to Eli's experiences, but for yourself. Anyone in here receiving that? I, I wrote this in my notes. I really did. This is where boys become men. When they start listening to God. You know, boys to men. Da, 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 da. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not going to do that, Jesus. Filter. But this is where boys become men. This is it. I, I was, I was uh, uh, listening up to Charles Spurgeon's story a little bit this week. Do you guys know who Charles Spurgeon is? I can't, I don't have time to give you the whole story. Maybe one day I'll, I'll preach on the life of Charles Spurgeon because we're going to lead back to Jesus. But I'm going to give you one little cool thing about Charles Spurgeon. Do you know at 14 years old, he felt a call from God and he started to preach at 14 years old? 14 years old. I know 35-year-olds who are still stuck to their games till 5 in the morning. And, they're, you know, they, they still live with their parents. They're 35 and... and, and and they're still playing the games. And, and Spurgeon was 14, and he was preaching the gospel. I don't have time for that. And he started preaching. Like, oh, yeah, but he lives a different time. He did. He lived in the 1800s. They didn't have Xbox yet or none of that. But 14 years old, he started preaching. What do 14-year-olds do? Anyone in here 14? Oh, man, that's how I saw the hands up. I said, what do you do at 14? I forgot. I'm trying to remember. I think I was writing letters to girls still. Do you like me? Circle yes or no. What do you do at 14? I don't remember. Anyone 15 or 16 that remembers what 14 looked like? What's 14 like? What, give me a cool thing that 14 does. It's a mess. <laughs> it's a mess. These people are a headache. They don't, they don't understand me. My parents don't get me. 14 years old. Yeah, that's right. But Spurgeon at 14 years old was preaching the gospel. You know what, you know what Spurgeon's nickname was? The prince of preachers. You know what, what a nickname that is. They couldn't call him king because Jesus is the king of preachers. But he's the prince of preachers. Do you know that with no formal education at 16 years old, he walked into a church and he started pastoring a church at 16 years old. 16 years old. He was inventing on Instagram about his life. Like he was, I'm, I'm going to the house of God and I'm going to preach to the masses at 16 years old. So mature for his age, Charles Spurgeon. Do you know that some venues like the Metropolitan, whatever it was called over there in England, up to 20,000 people drew in to see this young Spurgeon speak at times. 
Do you know what it is for a teenager to speak to 20,000 people of the words of God? They say that his messages were so intense that in the pews, you would be able to see the nails of the people from, from when he would preach. They would just grip onto the pews because of how intense his message was. They would, they would sit at the edge of their seats because of how powerful his messages were. The revelations that God gave him in the word. And they were like, oh, give me more. They were so hungry. You want to know why Spurgeon was able to do that at 14 and 15 and 16 years old? I believe this. Because he got to a place where he recognized the importance of listening to God. And I'm going to get to this point and we're going to go deeper into it on next Sunday. Because when you listen to God, it leads you to the next step. And that is what? You walk in obedience to what you've heard. That's it. And he did it at a young age. You know, in verse 7, it says this. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed in him. It's possible to minister. It's possible to serve the Lord, right, and not know the Lord like we just shared. But you know what? Later on, after Samuel gets this revelation from the Lord, you know that Samuel's life will never be the same again. It's rocked forever. I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to ask the worship team just to discernly and quietly and reverence just come up here and get ready to sing a song maybe. But look at chapter 7 if you can. I'm just going to read two verses real quick. Chapter 7, verses 3 and 4. I want you to see a change. You tell me if there's something different about Samuel. You ready? Is it up here? Awesome. It's up here. Do I have it in the NKJV? I do. All right, here we go. Ready? Tell me if there's a difference with, hey, Eli, did you call me, man? Boy, get back in bed. Hey, Eli, I heard it again. Did you call me? No, boy, get back in bed. Look at the difference now in chapter 7. Ready? Look at Samuel's life. So then Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel. He ain't messing around. The whole house of Israel. And he said, if you return to the Lord with all of your hearts and put away the foreign gods and the images of Ashtoreths from among you and you prepare your hearts for the Lord and you serve him only, he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. Verse 4, it says this. So the children of Israel put away the Baals and the Ashtoreths and they served the Lord only. I, I just read those two verses just to be quick because I could go through the whole chapter of seven. But what I love about those two verses is that this doesn't sound like a boy named Samuel anymore. When I read verses three and four, it surely sounds like a man has stood up. He went from, hey, was this God speaking to me to, listen to me, Israel, if you return to the Lord with your hearts and you put away your false gods and your false images from among you and you prepare your hearts and you serve him only, he's going to deliver you from your enemies. And the children of Israel listened to him. I love that people are now listening to him because he listens to him. He listens to God. You want people to start listening to you? Start listening to God. God has something to say for people. God wants to deliver. I love when Ali was up here and started talking about breaking and breaking and breaking. I believe that. I believe that God wanted to break and wants to break things in our lives. Wants to free things in our lives. And, and here is a boy Samuel becoming a man. And in this chapter, man, he erupts with boldness. He, he's a whole different man now. He's now the prophet that God called him to be. He goes now from grabbing the whole house of Israel and causing the whole house of Israel to turn from their false images and to turn from their false gods. And look what the Bible says. And to serve the true Lord, to serve the one and only Lord. That is powerful. I look at this and I'm like, man, this is good. 
And in our lives, we can't say we love God and be okay by saying, oh yeah, I love God, but yet, if I were to ask you something, when was the last time you've heard from God? Well, what kind of love is that? Because if we love him, there is a desire and a thrill to hear and to listen from the Lord. And this listening leads to living out in an obedience, which we're going to discuss that. And that's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to be. You know what Jesus says in John 10? If my sheep, man, they listen to my voice. I know my sheep. And you know what? You know what? Because they know my voice. You know what they do? You know what they do? Guess what? They follow me. You want to know why my sheep follow me? Because they listen to my voice. And I give them eternal life. What did I tell you, huh? He gives you the hidden treasures. He gives you the wisdom. He gives you the understanding. He's like, they listen to my voice. They follow me. And I what? I give them. Here's the treasure chest. You're all green. You listen to me. Because you listened, I gave them eternal life. And they will never perish. And no one can snatch them away from me. Come on. How many of you can say amen? We follow him because we listen. And we listen because we love him. And that's the truth. That's the truth. I'm going to skip and I'm going to end with a story that I've preached here before. And it's in 1 Kings 19. As you open up to 1 Kings 19, go to verse 11 and just join me in standing up as we get ready to close off. In 1 Kings 19, 11 and 12, I'm going to read them to you and then I'll, I'll jump into 13 and 14 right after. It says this. This is Elijah. Remember this message? The most discouraging time of his life. And God was going to teach Elijah to listen to him. In 1 Kings 19, I'm going to read from the message at this point. He says this. He said, then he was told to go and he stand on the mountain. He was hiding in the cave. And he says, go stand at the mountain. Give attention before God and God's going to pass by. And a hurricane wind ripped through the mountains and shattered the rocks before God. But God wasn't to be found in the wind. After wind and earthquake, God wasn't. You guys are familiar with this? It wasn't in the earthquake. After the earthquake, the fire. God wasn't in the fire. And we've preached this here, right? After the fire, there came a gentle and quiet whisper, still small voice. And when Elijah heard the quiet voice, he muffled his face with his great cloak, and he went to the mouth of the cave, and he stood there. And the quiet voice asked, so Elijah, now tell me, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? I've always loved this passage. I always go to it a lot because I love that question from God. You want to know why I love that question from God? Because you'd be amazed how many times God has asked me that question. I'm being transparent. Rigo, what are you doing here? Why are you in this cave? Who in the world told you to put yourself in a dark place? Why are you here, man? You know why? God, I stopped listening. And when I stop listening, I st you know what happens when you stop listening to his voice? You start listening to other voices. And the voice that you listen to is the, are the words in which you'll start believing in. So if you're not listening from God's voice, you're not believing in his words, 
And if you're listening to other voices, what words then are you believing over yourself? You see how easy you stick yourself in a cave? Maybe God today is telling you guys, hey, cave dwellers, what are you doing? Come out and listen to my voice already. Stop listening to other voices and stop taking their words as truth over your lives. Rigo, what are you doing here? I love the end of the Bible when he says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears, if anyone listens to my voice and they open the door, I will come into him. That sounds like intimacy to me. And I will dine with him. And they will dine with me. How many of you want that with God? But are you listening? Oh, yeah, I want that. Okay, good. But if you want that, it comes with listening. Why should I listen? Because if you really love God, love listens. Love listens. How many have ever said this? But God doesn't listen to me. <laughs> you know, I know God loves us because he also listens to us. How many times did the children of Israel cry out and the Bible would say, and God heard their cry? Moses would cry out and God heard him and spoke to him as a friend. God who loves us also listens to us. He shows us that love listens. And the psalmist says in chapter 119, verse 149, he says, Hear my voice according to your loving kindness. O Lord, revive me according to your justice. The psalmist understood this. What? The Lord listens to me. How many of you have a testimony that the Lord listens to you? That's powerful. If you have a testimony that the Lord listens to you, that's powerful. I'm going to give you a greater testimony though. How many of you have a testimony that you listen to God? That's powerful. Love listens. How many of you could say amen? I want you to open up your hearts. And as you open up your heart, if this word was for you, happy soon-to-be Valentine's Day, amen? Happy love month, okay? But let's get right to it. I believe God listens to you. But I know because I'm a human that everyone in this room doesn't always listen to God. Starting with me. And when I don't listen and when we don't listen, it gets us in a very bad place. It causes us to sin. It causes us to speak in ways that we're not called to speak. It causes us to live out in ways we're not called to live out. Listen. He's speaking. Listen. Because you love. Amen? I'm going to pray over you. Can I pray over you for a second? Lord, thank you for this church. Lord, I know, I hope that if I do an altar call, every single person comes up and says, I need to do better at listening. That's for sure. Starting with me, God. That's for sure. But Lord, I pray that you would draw us into such a love that we would recognize that this love that's in us, it's, it motivates us to action. It causes us to listen.
I pray at that place of listening, there is a maturing, there's a growth. There's a man that comes from, from being a little boy. There's a woman that grows from being a, a little girl. I, I've met men in their 60s that are still, that are still boys. I've met boys in their teens that are living like men. Lord, because it's not necessarily due to our age, it's, it's due to living in your presence and hearing your voice. And Lord, I, I pray that over this church and I pray that over every person here. That we live a life recognizing that love listens. The first elf for love represents today listen and as they celebrate this month of love that they would recognize one of the greatest things that they could do in their relationship with you with others is that they could just sit back and listen better stop talking always stop giving input always stop giving your what you would do and that we would just sh stay quiet and just listen better Sometimes, Lord, the truth is, you just want us to listen. You don't want to hear all our plans and our options that, that we think you should give us. And sometimes, men, when they sit before us and talk to us, they don't want to hear all our thoughts and, and what we feel and what we think. Sometimes they just need an ear to listen. Let us be wise. Let us understand that. And let us love by listening. Not just by saying I love you, but by sitting there. And saying, as long as you want me here, I'm going to listen. And God, I want to serve you. But my service to you, oh man, it's going to be, it's going to be founded in this fact that, I, that it comes from listening to you. I don't want to serve you according to man. Or serve you according to others. I want to serve you that is found in my listening to you, Lord God. I want to walk in obedience that is found in listening. And finding that voice. Sometimes it's not when the earthquakes and sometimes it's not when the fire erupts. Sometimes it's not in the storm. Sometimes it's, it's finding that place. And when everything tries to steal our love and go to war against our love, it's to stand in that place and fight for it until we hear that quiet, calm, still small voice of God speaking to the depths of our heart so Lord I make a, a decree in my life today that we will fight and never stop fighting the storms and the quakes and the fires that we would fight through that and that we would that we would listen to that voice that speaks truth to our lives that we would live in that obedience we make war so that we could love and listen as we love. And give us, give us that ability today. Grace us with that today. I believe that this is a powerful message for your church today. In Jesus' name.